0: Well, thank you, Eric. Yeah, busy day in sports. Uh, obviously, a lot of focus on the force going to the uh, Clark Cup finals, and they'll be waiting the winners of Youngstown and Chicago on the other side and on the Eastern Conference side of things for the USHL. And Doug Semenuk's number is going to be retired in early June. More details on that throughout the week. Uh, certainly a lot of fun conversation about the uh, greatest manager in Redhawks history. There's no question about that. But let's focus a little Twins baseball. Dick Bramer with us a little early for the Twins Wrap, brought to you by Jefferson Lions. Derek Hansen with you along with Jack Michaels and Brad Anderson. And uh, Dick, and let's talk a little bit about what's you know pretty much on everyone's mind right now. And, you know, the pitching has been pretty good for the Twins all season long, but really the hitting, the lack of run production has really been a struggle for the club.
1: Well, it's frustrating, I know, for the fans, and I can assure you it's frustrating for the players, too, and I really think it's uh, this, this bases-loaded situation that the Twins are in right now where they've gotten the minimum out of the maximum in terms of scoring uh, runs in situations like that. It becomes a little bit of, I think, a mental thing where everybody's trying to go up there and hit a you know, grand slam when... You know, really, all you really need is a single, maybe even just a fly ball deep enough to score a run. And I'll be interested in, I'm going to be working the next three weeks with uh, Justin Morneau. And he may have had a pile of Grand Slam home runs, but I don't remember those. But he was the absolute king when he was playing and getting three-run doubles. And when he'd come up into the bases this loaded situation, I can promise you he wasn't trying to do too much and hit a home run. He just wanted to hit the ball hard someplace. And I think the Twins right now, this team this year, is going through a little bit of uh, frustration in that category.
0: It really is a lost start to make adjustments with two strikes, isn't it? I mean, you just see guys swinging from their shoes almost every time. And you know, the guy who chokes up and maybe tries for something opposite field, you just don't see that much very much. It, it kind of drives me crazy.
1: Well, and we saw it in Cleveland, oddly, the team only got 12 hits, but one of them was Miranda was up there with two strikes, and he swung at a pitch he probably shouldn't have swung at. It was about six inches outside, but he you know, just tried to fight it off and stay alive, ended up finding the barrel of his bat, and he got a single to right field, and then Kepler hit a home run, and there you go. That's That's how it can work if you just refuse to strike out and and you know miranda's struggling but he's one of the 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 best at not striking out he's striking out like once every six times and in this uh day and age that that's actually pretty good but he hasn't uh, found the barrel too many times though either
2: with royce lewis and he's going to be starting a rehab assignment here pretty soon uh will the twins and somebody's going to have to go down in that spot and they're going to have to find a spot for him to play and I'd imagine Miranda, we saw what happened with Trevor Larnick, and if Miranda, that could happen to him too if he doesn't uh, become more consistent.
1: Yeah, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's going to depend, A, on how Royce uh, is feeling physically, Mm -hmm. how well his rehab uh, is going, and then, uh, too, you know, I mean, he he could be assigned to St. Paul and, and, and take some at-bats there for a few weeks, too. Uh, but what he did for the team last year is exactly what they need this year. They need somebody, and he was a rookie just getting his feet wet, and he was the best hitter on the team, you know, before Correa came off the uh, injured list. And uh, then they, you know, sent him down, ran him out in center field, and then we all know what happened since then, but uh, it is ironic that as he starts his rehab assignment, twins are in pretty much the same situation they were in a year ago at this time.
2: I'm going to go back, Dick, to uh, to baseball truisms or sayings that we've heard over the year, and you can see if it applies specifically with this Minnesota Twins group about, uh, about uh, hitting being contagious. And I certainly see that. You see that, Dick, Brad, Derek. We all see how that can happen. Is the other side, Dick, in your estimation, Can that be true too? and and I guess specifically, I guess let's shine the magnifying glass on this roster, meaning if it's not going, it dominoes and doesn't go for anybody. If it is going, who's that spark, and can it go good on the other side? Talk about the old adage, hitting being contagious.
1: Well, we know that not hitting is contagious. We've seen that the last uh, week or so, uh, in particular with this Twins team. Uh, But, yeah, Byron Buxton's in the lineup tonight. If he's hitting leadoff, and he hits a double to start the ball game. Well, there you go. Uh, the Twins have had, for most of the last road trip, they had Max Kepler leading off, and Max, you know, hit a couple of home runs in Cleveland again. But also a couple of times he hit the first pitch for a two-hopper to second base. And, you know, if, if I'm pitching and I throw one pitch and I get one out, um. Uh, I'm going to feel pretty good about my day that day. Uh, you know, I I got one easy out already. I don't have to work as nearly as hard uh, to get uh, my team off the field in the first inning because I just threw one pitch and got one out. So in my mind, I don't think Max Kepler is an ideal leadoff man. The traditionalist in me w- would like to see somebody take some pitches up there and maybe kind of set the stage not just for his at-bat, but for the at-bat behind him. But when Kepler has grounded out on the first pitch and now Correa comes up, And Carlos has been struggling. Uh, You know, uh, Byron was hitless in Cleveland. Joey Gallo hitless on the road trip. So it's just you can, I think, correct things if you have somebody in the leadoff spot who is going to, at the very least, give you a competitive, lengthy at bat. And when you bat Max Kepler leading off, I'm not sure you're going to get that on a consistent basis.
0: It's going to be interesting, you know, Kyle Farmer was hitting the ball so well before the, you know, scary injury that he had and then you got to think ment- mentally what's he going to be like when he comes back, but it'd certainly be nice to have him come in there at third base at times or whatever, but you know, he certainly was a, a threat there before that, you know, awful pitch to the face.
1: And uh, we do expect him to be activated at some point during this homestand, maybe as soon as uh, tonight that'll be a special moment. Uh, I don't won't claim to know Kyle very well, but I, I really enjoy his company. Uh, he's just a good dude, and to have this happen, and in a matter of weeks, step back into a big league batter's box—that's going to be a special moment for him. But I think uh, also for those of us who know him a little bit. But then, if you do that, whenever you do it, well, then you've got to make room, right? There's you—you you can't carry a 27th man just because you know he's come back from an injury. So somebody will have to go back off the roster. And I don't know who that would be. Um, unfortunately, there are no shortage of candidates that could probably benefit from, you know, having uh, you know a couple of weeks in St. Paul to see if they can find their swings.
0: All right, Dick, we'll get back to you. Talk a little bit more about the uh, pitching side of things for the Minnesota Twins as they get ready for their big matchup tonight against the San Diego Padres. Derek Hanson, Jack Michaels, Brad Anderson, as I mentioned, the play by play voice for the Minnesota Twins on the TV side. Dick Bramer brought to you by Jefferson Lines. About 540, we'll get back to uh, Dick to talk more about the Twins again. 6 p.m. is the pregame show tonight with Corey Provis and Dan Gladden live from Target Field. Twins baseball right here on the Mighty 7 ID and 104.7 KFGO. And welcome back to the Twins Rap Part 2. Here is the uh, first part. We talked with Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, about the offense and the struggles that are the offense. Uh, Louis Varlin going tonight and some big uh, pitching matchups coming up with some of the young guys. We'll get to that in just a bit. But uh, Brad Anderson, Derek Hansen, and Jack Michaels with you. Let's kind of go with that. Uh, no doubt this young man tonight, uh, he certainly has a, a big weight on his shoulders, doesn't he?
1: Well, I don't think there's any question. Well, I know there isn't in my mind, but I don't think there should be a question in anybody's mind that this guy is going to be a fixture in the Twins rotation. Uh, He had the unfortunate uh, circumstance in his last start. He'd given up seven home runs, but they're all solo home runs, and then the White Sox hit one with a couple of men on base. But I think the key for him is to simply find a way Uh, to keep the ball in the ballpark and and tinker with his pitch mix a little bit. Um, But, you know, I I think he's got a bright future. And, you know, he's got a tough assignment. This Padre lineup that he's going to be facing, you know, has some all-stars and maybe future Hall of Famers in it. So it'll be a good test for him. But, you know, one of the things to like, hey, he works quickly. Everybody has to now. But I think it's in his nature to work quickly uh but also you know who among us uh has has seen a pitcher make two of his initial big league starts at Yankee Stadium and give the team a chance to win in each of those starts so i don't think there's anything uh, or any a doubt that you know he can handle pressure and all that. He just seems to be pretty confident in his ability to you know get big league uh, big league hitters out, and we'll uh, give him uh, the benefit of the doubt here in the hopes that he can give the Twins five or six good innings again tonight.
0: Yeah, there's great matchups going on, you mentioned, with uh, Michael Waka versus uh, Varlin tonight. And then, you know, you look at Lugo Lopez tomorrow, and then coming up on Thursday, Darvish and Ober. I mean, this is, you know, this is a very good baseball team that they're facing the Padres, obviously. And a lot, two of these young guys really have to step up for the Twins now.
1: Yeah, and uh, the, we'll see a lot of that now for the rest of this month because the Twins, you know, are on the next road trip. Are going to take on the Angels. They're playing a really good baseball right now. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. Later on this month, they go to Houston. And so, um, yeah, you hope that the trio of Lopez, Ryan, and uh, Sonny Gray can stay healthy because uh, that's been one of the big issues in baseball this year. With you know so many really top-flight pitchers getting hurt, and the Twins have lost uh, two guys in their rotation. But so far, the First three, the big three up front in the rotation have stayed healthy. You
2: know, I think one thing, too, that's maybe one missing piece with Thielbar on the injured list, and I got to just go back and get your thoughts on this about having, we should have two or three left handers in the bullpen or something like that. Well, now you're down to one. Is that, uh, is it kind of a new way of thinking? Do you, of, you know, trying to balance out between righties and lefties in the pen, or is it just kind of go with what you have?
1: Yeah, and then it depends on how your right handers, uh, uh, can fare in uh, retiring left handed batters too. And the Twins have a couple of them that are pretty good against lefties. So uh, I think that's what the thinking is right now. I and mean, you'd like to have, you know, a couple of left handed pitchers knocking on the door at AAA. Uh, but right now the Twins don't have that. So we'll see. The hope is that for Caleb, it's just a short term thing and he'll be back you know, after missing two weeks. Uh, but right now, as you said, Giovanni Moran is the only lefty in the pen. And, um, you know, he. The feeling is that if he just simply throws it over the plate, his stuff is good enough to get righties and lefties out, and he did that in his last outing.
2: I have uh, one more before we let uh, Dick go, and, and I, you know, I can't. I don't know about you guys. I had a college roommate, massive, massive. Tony Gwynn fan dick and and uh, you know Tony Gwynn posters everywhere and and for good reason the guy was such a you know we lost him 9 years ago almost to the date you know in Tony Gwynn but my question for you dick you know in that Gwynn camp how many players have have you seen you know, that that you would put, if not right in that camp with Tony Gwynn, but at least in the neighborhood. I mean, we saw Louisa rise, put the ball in play a little bit, can hit for average, you know, and is a tough out and all that kind of stuff. But how many guys would you put kind of in that Gwynn camp? I was a huge Rod Carew fan growing up, but I'll throw it at you.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Rod was nice enough a few years ago to give me a picture of uh, him sitting next to Tony Gwynn. They're both wearing suits, and they had spread out in front of them the 15 silver bats that they had won. (laughs) Rod won seven with the twins, and Tony Gwynn won eight. And it's a pretty impressive picture, Uh, and Rod had nice enough to have Tony sign it. And so uh, that's, you know, Tony Gwynn modeled his swing after Rod Carew's, and Luis Arise, you know, he's got his own thing. Jeff McNeil of the Mets are another. And it, regardless of what type of hitter they are, it's just refreshing to see what we used to see so commonly, at least when I was growing up. Everybody seemed to have their own approach at the plate. It wasn't just, you know, grab the bat at the end of the knob, swing as hard as you can. And, and if you swing and miss, so be it. If you hit it over the fence, good for you. But it seemed like there were so many different stances and approaches at the plate. You had uh, Carl Yastrzemski holding the bat really, really high. Uh, Stan Musial held it in close. Everybody found something unique that made it work for them. And uh, now it just seems like we've we've got a lot of hitters who are you know kind of cookie cutters in terms of having the same approach at the plate, and so it's it is nice to see somebody who's got a very unique approach like Luis Arizu, what is hitting four thirty or whatever is now in the National League.
0: Yeah, Dick, and I, I think uh, well, we'll leave the conversation whether or not the Pablo Lopez trade was good or not uh, for another day. We'll we'll get to that uh, coming up down the road here. But uh, Dick, thanks so much. Do appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Uh, looking forward to as always, and hopefully the Twins can uh, get a couple wins uh, tonight and tomorrow night and hopefully Thursday afternoon.
1: And we'll talk next week from Southern California.
0: Sounds perfect, yeah. Because the uh, Twins will be at the uh, Los Angeles uh, Dodgers uh, a week from today. Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, brought to you by Jefferson Lines for the Twins. Wrap: Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson, Jack Michaels. Again tonight, the first of three against the Padres. Six o'clock, the pregame show. Six forty, the first pitch. Right here on the mighty seven ninety and one hundred four point seven KFGO.